0: storm bowling products the bowlers company presents the storm collegiate spotlight with tim berg and kendall miles above 180.com's tim berg and storm's web content manager and former collegiate bowler at weber international university kendall miles are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players coaches and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling now here's tim and kendall joining us on the storm collegiate spotlight podcast is sean Beebe. Sean is a head coach of the women's bowling team at McKendree University. Sean, it's Timberg and Kendall Miles here. Thank you for joining us today.
1: I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm excited, and uh,
0: thank you guys for making some time for me. Of course. Well, you took over for McKendree University the women's team after the O'Keeffes left. Let's talk about that. You're taking. You have some pretty big shoes to fill. Let's talk about the process for you and uh, and just really how it all came to be.
1: Yeah, so um, it was actually kind of something that wasn't on my radar. Um, I was working professionally doing some logistics sales at the time uh, for about the last year. Um, Different things kind of took place with that company, and I parted ways. Uh, So as I was doing some job searches, really nothing was really panning out for me. Uh, And it was right about that same time the O'Keeves had announced that they were going to move on to Jacksonville State. Um, So it was something I kind of thought about in passing, but um, something that, I was a little uneasy about, like I didn't know if I could fill those shoes. Kind of like you said, obviously from all the success they've had over the past decade, as well as our men's program, like that's very, very big shoes to step into to try to keep that moving forward. So uh, they went through the process and I would say it was probably two and a half months in. So the job opened up uh, early May. I didn't apply until June. Uh, I mean, it was kind of at that time after some talks with uh, my family and close friends and my support system that I was like, you know what? Uh, maybe this is kind of what I want to do. Um, I'm a student of the game. I love everything about it. So maybe it's something that giving back to the program and helping kids out coming forward, uh, kind of meshes with what I wanted to do personally. So, um, I was a little hesitant at first. Um, I'm excited though. Again, it's big shoes, Um taking one day at a time and, uh, learning as I go really.
2: And so you're in the beginning stages, you know, as you are working with the team and and you're you're really getting acclimated with what's new. So walk us through these first couple of months of what it's been like to transition into being a head coach of such a successful program. Yeah, Yeah, so it's
1: honestly at first I was I wouldn't say I was overwhelmed, but there was a lot of a lot of learning everything. Um, Not only do we compete on the NCAA side for the women's, but because I'm also active with our men's program and assisting with them, like trying to learn each side of it. Um, I would say for myself, mentally, the biggest barrier has been recruiting. There's so many aspects to it. Um, Obviously passing the eye test, but then you have to get into the financial aspect, like meshing personality. So that's kind of been the biggest like hard point for me so far, but it's uh, going well, I would say. Um, Just moving forward, there was a lot to do right up front. A lot of learning, like I said, with regulation. So I've had great support systems from my athletic directors, um, from Brandy Kordalewski, who uh, used to coach Maryville. And now so she's over at our school. She's my faculty uh, administrator. So she's been very helpful in the process. So as far as like how daunting I thought it was initially, um, if it wasn't for the support system I have, um, it definitely would have been a lot harder. I would say moving forward, <clears throat> where we're at right now, I'm seeing kind of the girls progress-wise. Like, I'm super excited. Um, I've obviously we had six girls transfer out, so I had the remaining girls who I think are fully capable in their own being, but, um, coming in, the biggest challenge was how can I kind of convey my information into what they understand to keep the uh, program moving forward. So from here on out, the way I kind of look at it is a day by day basis, um, what can I do each day myself and what can Brian and I do each day to kind of give the information we need to these girls to improve them. Uh, and that's kind of how we're striving to do forward, our moving forward with it. So taking it day by day, uh, definitely daunting, but when I break it down that way, um, it's definitely been a little easier for me kind of easing through the steps as well, as, as, like I said, having that support system.
0: So you mentioned girls using the transfer portal to leave the program. How are you, as you recruit, are you embracing the transfer portal? And, and have you been able to wrap your head around that because that's a whole new animal for all of college sports?
1: Yeah, so the transfer portal is especially daunting for the fact that we now are in the back end of the COVID years. So now there's some students who are in the portal who only have four years of eligibility, and there's some with five years of eligibility uh, because of that COVID season. Uh, Thankfully, one of the first things I did when I started in July is I was getting my information out to my girls that I knew I had coming in, but really diving through that transfer portal. There was probably... I think there was like 85 girls in there. Um, reached out to quite a few through the process. Once we knew it was green light, I could reach out and everything was followed correctly. Um, I would send an email out and uh, got some responses from some and not from some others, but I'm um, truly grateful that I was able to land fantastic girls out of our transfer portal. Um, Alexa Tito was at Tuscan University, with a four-year graduate. Uh, she had finished her undergrad and was looking to kind of future or move forward with her master's degree. Uh, so it was something that lined up. She came and visited the campus. Um, she was able to tour in. The family loved it, so we actually were able to make her a bearcat. Um so I was able to use one that had a fifth year eligibility to get her in. Um, the other one I had was a lefty Madison Ferguson., uh, she was actually at Lincoln Memorial. She was on the Division two rookie or all rookie team, I believe last year. Um, so super super excited to bring her count here as well. She's fairly local to McHenry. She's about forty minutes down the road in Vandalia. So it's a nice mesh for her coming back home, being closer to her family as well. Um, so for me, the transfer portal was massive. Um, it's something that moving forward in my future, I'm going to continue to watch um, because sometimes if a girl commits to a school, maybe there's a mix up or like, maybe there's don't like being further away from home. We might be a good option that it might check the boxes for her, what she's looking for um, in her next adventure. So for us, for Brianna and I we're very cognizant of the portal um, big thing too is kind of meshing like what we coach or how we see things to what they think or what they're expecting. Um, so the transfer portal, again, it's very, very important. Uh, it's super daunting. Um, obviously Madison and uh, Alexa were like the first two people I reached out to. So when I got responses back and they're interested, I'm like, oh, this is easy. And then once you reach out to some, you don't hear back, it's like, oh crap. So <laughs> maybe it's not always that way, but um, I would say it's super daunting, but it's really, really essential to everything I'm going to do as a coach moving forward um, so to even bring in those girls who maybe have one year of eligibility, but need to find that home to finish a master's degree or something like that. But it's um, definitely very important, I think, for the process.
2: And you touched on a little bit, <clears throat> Brianna Clemmer, and again, both of you guys are phenomenal athletes in your own right at the youth level, college level, and at the adult level. What do you feel like you two as a unit can bring to that team, you know, finding success at the college ranks as well? So I think from my
1: success as an undergrad and Brianna's success, they come from two different standpoints. Um, so my experiences were definitely different than Brianna's. So Brianna has every accolade I, in my mind, it seems that you could possibly earn as a female bowler. Um, in my, in my personal opinion, I bet might be a little biased. I think she's one of the best ever throw ball in collegiate bowling. Now, if you look at my end of it, I was more of like a supporting role for my four years. I traveled off for my freshman year, but my middle two years, I didn't. I was working on some things and just met, didn't mesh up. Um, but I was lucky to grow through my team, to grow close with them. That My senior year, I had the opportunity to come back and bowl varsity to chip in for that ICC national championship. Um, so our paths are very different. Um, but I think when we spoke about it and we were talking about the process of getting her here, and once we did hire Brianna, uh, we understood the biggest thing for us. We understood is what it means to be a McKendree Bearcat athlete. We both lived it. Uh, we embraced the culture. We've been through the ups and the downs of the program. We, have we know where it started and we know where it is and we know where we want it to continue to go. So that was like our common mesh point. And the big thing with Brianna and I, like I said, so we have two different personalities, I would say not vastly, but they're pretty different. Uh, but I think they complement each other. As I mentioned earlier, I'm a student of the game. I like, I love watching every telecast, learning everything I can about ball motion, cover stocks, any layout. So I'm really analytical in that standpoint. And then it meshes with Brianna, how she's an international er, uh, competitor. She competes for Team USA. She's a professional bowler. So she's bowling at the highest level a female can possibly bowl in the country, um, so, it's super, super cool to kind of mess those two standpoints. And obviously, oops, sorry, I got dogs in the background, but uh, with those two standpoints, so we have somebody who's at the top not only the physical game and knowledge, but mental game. So, where I'm more analytical, Brianna patches through on that mental game. So, when we put one plus one together, I think it really makes a really good duo uh, moving forward.
0: I feel your pain regarding having dogs in the background, <laughs> uh, Sean. <laughs> so let's um, let's move on. When you you mentioned earlier, when uh, when you Kendall asked you a question regarding coaching the men versus the women, can you talk about how you handle that a little bit different? We've talked to different coaches, and there is a different way. You know, men can you know we, we learn versus how women learn and how, how we've had coaches tell us how they explain things a little bit differently to the the male athlete versus a female athlete?
1: Yeah, so I've actually, and this is where Brianna Clemmer ties in perfectly. Um, like again, I explain everything pretty analytically, um, kind of like if we're throwing shots and I see a little bit of like something that's kind of funky off their hand or something like I, you, I can see the visual result going down the lane. Um, and then I can kind of tell what it is but then how to fix it in the middle. So there'll be times where I'll talk to Brianna. I'm like, hey, this is what I see. I think this is a little active um, and this is kind of what it's causing. So Brianna, and I will sit there and we'll talk with our student on who it is, like one of our girls. And if it doesn't click the first time from more of like a the analytic aspect or technical aspect to it, Brianna has a perfect way to spin it to where it meshes. Um, I've actually been, I'm super happy a couple girls are kind of that way. They can hear it technically and kind of relay it. But for the girls who are more visual and need to see it, Brianna's like a perfect translator for that. Um, When it comes to the guys, it's a little different. Again, I'm not overly involved with them um, because Chris McMillan is their direct graduate assistant and Dennis is their men's coach. Um, But I'm definitely helpful with practices. With guys, I feel the technical aspect is a lot easier to explain and for them to understand because a lot of these guys are the same way. They're watching every telecast. They're watching all these training videos where you might not have the same thing from the ladies. So um, it's just figuring out what language kind of clicks with each student athlete. And I think for us so far, the guys have been able to click a little faster. But I do have a couple of girls that pick up on everything very quickly. And again, if it's something where they don't have it exactly, Brianna and I are able to talk and spin it differently to make it make sense for us. So.
2: You know, so we were, you know, it seems like we were in college just yesterday. But, I mean, you look back, man. We were back in school oh, eight, seven, eight years ago now. It's been, it's been quite a while. So, you know, you sit back to those. It's, it's an unbelievable thing about how long ago it was. But, you know, we competed against each other in college. and It was always a pleasure to, to watch you and your Bearcats bowl, man. Y'all are fierce competitors. And so, you know, you date back to that time, is there something that you kind of, appreciate now as a coach or maybe you didn't value as much as a player that you're like, wow, like coach always did this for us. And I didn't even worry about it when I was a player. There's something that sticks out that you're like, wow, now me being a coach, I really appreciate this a lot more instead of being a player. Um, so I don't know.
1: I could probably dive into that here in a second. The first thing I think of, and I find myself quite a bit when I'm at practices, uh, so obviously we're going through, I don't want to call it a tryout because we don't try out, nobody gets cut, but we do an evaluation period. Um, so I remember being a student athlete, like as we're shooting spare cycles, we're doing specto and targeting and score valves, like just being so nervous that like being afraid to do something wrong and then kind of being like, well, why is Dennis so calm about this? Like, why is he no something so nonchalant? But like now that I'm on the flip side of it, I understand like in the moment, this is like the most important thing for the kids because they They want to be in that starting rotation. They want to be the teams representing the school. And I think now as a coach, it's a complete flip side. I still understand the importance of it, but now I see the full circle. I see everything that goes into it, um, the classroom, how everybody's interacting with each other, even more so than I did previously. Um, So I wouldn't say I took it for granted, but it's fun in a different light. I just see things a little, I guess in my mind, a little more simplistic now, Um, but I can definitely relate to, like the kids uh, going back and forth with classes, like juggling workouts. So now I have more, I'd say admiration for how these kids manage their time more so. And it was like an oversight when I was an undergrad. But um, as something that I didn't realize there's so much of, uh, as a full-time coach, there's a lot of dead time. But there's days where I find myself eight, nine, ten hours, like we're in the bowling center. Or even before we're in the bowling center, I'm going through paperwork, checking eligibility, making sure – all the guidelines are met and then I'm coming home and when I'm supposed to be turning my mind off, I'm thinking about our practices, like an hour long practice. Um, I'm sitting here thinking how, one of my freshmen, what can we do to make them better? So, um, doing that with 11 to 12 girls that I have. And then knowing that Dennis did this for 25, 30, 35 guys, um, is something that I probably take for granted, but it really shows how much he really cared for us especially because he was working 45, 50 hours a week, and that was his part-time job when he was coaching us. So um, I'm really thankful for what he did for us. Obviously, he's still with the program. He's been with us 18 years, but um, my admiration would be to that. So for those coaches who are out there doing the part-time work, um, it's a full-time job regardless of how you look at it. So um, knowing that even when you're clocking out and you're at home, you're still thinking about how you can go about to make your kids better. Um, I can't imagine trying to do that as well as working the 40, 55 hours on another job so um, I would say my biggest admiration and uh, something I didn't realize is just how much that time affects you um, and obviously once you get in it you want to make the kids as best as possible like you want to do the right things for them um, so I'm definitely diving into that and uh, for that I'm really grateful for Dennis and really any of our college coaches out there ahead of us.
0: So what goals have you set for the program and, and even for yourself as you take on this new journey?
1: So it's kind of a goofy one. I'm not, it's probably not what everyone's here, but like I'm not a super big goal setter for myself. Um, my personal accolades for this team are just to get them prepared for every tournament. Um, for these girls, we kind of went back and I'm very analytic. So what I did is I went back and I kind of looked up stats for uh, what the top 10 to 15 in the country would be in every category. So um, obviously with some girls transferring out, some girls transferring in, I'm trying to get us into that top 10 statistical manner. Um, so a big one that I preach to the girls is our spare shooting. Um, just baseline numbers, comparing uh, past uh, histories for every kind of. Uh, so outside of that we're building one time at a time towards the end of the year. Um, so where we finish really doesn't matter in my mind, as long as we're building and becoming a better team for when we get closer to postseason. So those might, might sound like some goofy goals. We're still kind of establishing them we're breaking through some barriers that we have already uh, getting set moving forward. But I would say um, I'm very excited for the future, but at the same time, I don't really have any lofty goals. So I'm basically preparing everything to get into the GLVC. Uh, If we want to put it on paper, I would hope to win the GLVC and then possibly get that bid into regional. So that's kind of where we're looking for uh, our
2: season's goals. And you know, to wrap it up, what's one thing at the end of the year that you could not necessarily goal setting, but, you would really, really be proud of yourself. That, like, you know what we accomplished. That we did that. You know, what would be something? You know, the end of the year is is over with, and you're like, you know what? I'm happy that Sean, I completed this as a coach for our first year. What would be what would excite you the most um, for you to be kind of excited? Expectation for yourself towards the end of the year.
1: Uh, so, ex- expectation for myself, um, and this kind of goes back as a university level is to see every student athlete that I bring in or that I've taken over, like coming into the program, uh to walk across the stage. First and foremost, they're student athletes. Um some kids go to college to bowl, but in the end, we are here to get degrees. Um and I've talked about this with my girls. Like for me, like the bowling, like it's an amazing thing that I can get to help them to move forward. But at the same time, we're not gonna be not everybody's gonna be a professional athlete when they're the country. My thing is preparing everybody for their professional lives. So um it's a big one I spoke with Alexa about like kind of when we were talking about getting her what I thought for. And at the end of the year and the end of the four years of any kid that they're here, um my biggest standpoint and the happiest moment for me will be able to watch them walk across the stage with their diploma or their master's degree. Um some from my aspect, that's what I think. If we want to go bowling related, again, just knowing that when we're competing, we're not leaving anything in the tanks. Um leaving it all out there, uh however that is, whatever it may be. Um, I would love to see this team make a run. I do believe there are the girls in our team that we can do that. I believe they have that confidence in themselves. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, as long as they're getting everything out there, I'm going to smile about it. Um, but if we look at the overall picture, I want every girl to get a degree. Every girl deserves that. That's what they're going to be looking for for their professional life. College is only three to four years for most, but your professional career is the next 30 to 40. So at the end of the day, as long as my girls can say, hey, when my time was done here at McKendree, like I learned something bowling-wise, I grew friendships, I grew relationships for the rest of my life, and then I have that degree that sets me up for my professionalism and for excellence moving forward. I think personally that's what would make me the happiest uh, as far as from my coaching standpoint.
2: That's a great answer. And one more question to follow, you know, there's a lot of student athletes that are like doing exactly what you did transitioning into being a coach of a program. You know, yourself, Jalen Scott Jones, like you said, Brandon Clemmer, what's the piece of advice you might have for someone that's maybe in your shoes that they're out of college and they want to maybe transition into being a coach or graduate assistant, being a part of a program. What's one or two pieces of advice you may have for them as they enter into that world? I would say, and
1: especially it came into play for this one, um, before I even reached out for the job, uh, there was some self doubt in myself. I mean, I think everybody has it at a minute level, but after speaking to Shannon and to Brian and Dennis, like they kind of reassured me like, Hey, everything you did in your undergrad, everything you did in your master's program, like this is what it's built up for. So I would say, even if you don't think you're able, you're able to do something, no, you are, um, that's the biggest thing I grapple with. I think any student athlete grapples with that. Um, but I think if you want to get into coaching, I believe that graduate assistant role is a very, very big way to do it. Um, as you were saying, Jalen Scott Jones was one, uh, I was thinking of Justine Brookover. She was up at Waldorf. Um, she was somebody that I spoke about with different opportunities. Uh, she expressed it. So it's great to see these high caliber student athletes in undergrad going and get their master's degree, get that graduate assistantship. Um, I think it's a great building block. Um, Courtney Curry came from Mount St. Mer- Arzad, sorry, Mount Mercy down here to McHentry, and now she's back in that assistant uh, coaching role, I believe is what her actual title is for Mount Mercy. So I think from that undergrad, if it's something you're looking at, you want into getting a coaching, if the opportunity is there and you feel confident, jump right in. But if you're kind of leery, go to go back to school, get your degree, get that two- year degree for your graduate assistant and build, but find a program where you can learn. Uh, so find something where somebody that may know more than you, that's where you want to be. Ultimately, that's why I chose McHenry when I had a couple different options. But um, biggest piece of advice is don't be scared. Um, it's a daunting world. sometimes there's moves involved, but uh, take the leap. I guess would be the easiest way to say, it. take the leap because you never know how it's going to pan out. Um, I'm really glad I did. Um, so I mean, again, my process was undergrad to graduate now that I'm coaching. Um, So I I think it's a great process to it, but don't be afraid to take the leap. And if you don't believe in yourself, I know there's people out there that believe in you. So reach out to that network, uh, use who you know around you, uh, and then kind of build forward from there.
0: And final question for me is, uh, McHenry University, both the men and women's team are part of SPI, part of the Storm Collegiate uh, program for, for bowling. How has that been for you as you get acclimated with the team, knowing you have great equipment for the, for the ladies to be out there on the lanes with.
1: Yeah, so it's not even just our ladies, too. Our men have a, a contract with Storm as well. So it makes it a lot easier knowing that I'm not maxing or mixing and matching brands, I'm trying to match covers between each company that are formulated differently. Um, so it's a little bit of consistency that you need when you're building arsenals. Um, for me, I kind of throw a little bit of everything, but I'm starting to lean more towards Storm stuff. It's pretty good. I think so when we come into here and a lot of my girls are coming in freshmen, they're throwing storm equipment. So it's really easy to kind of look and I'm like, okay, what, uh, we're making a four to five ball arsenal. What kind of shapes do we like? What kind of covers do we like? So I feel with how storm has the three brands, there's enough options and enough variations to make it easier for us to build on that in order to synchronize those bowling balls and not have too many doubled up on top of each other. Um, so I'd say, I'm really grateful for storm. I know our girls are for sure. Um, and actually, I think your technology makes it pretty easy to kind of stair step to make these arsenals that can uh, help our girls be competitive. So uh, for that, we are really, we are honestly eternally grateful to.
0: Well, great stuff on it. Thank you, Sean, for being here today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast. All the best of luck moving forward. And we will be um, we will be watching you guys from afar and keeping up with you and catch up with you again down the road.
1: Perfect, guys. Thank you so much for your time.